At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, welcome to Bobby Welcome to Bobby Las Vegas for Ghosts and Ghosts with myself, Greg Hughes Peterson, now part of the Beeson Family of Podcasts. We've got a great podcast for you guys. Joining me in segment number two, we've got Rob Donaldson aboard. He does a great job with the show slash podcast, The Rob's Best Bet Show, which you're able to find over at youtube.com slash Rob Donaldson. He's going to be joining me to take a look at what we've all seen the last week or two in college basketball. I'm going to ask him about the home underdog trend. I know that he does a tremendous job looking at the Iowa area schools as well. And the main game that we do have on Monday is the Iowa Hawkeyes and the Purdue Boilermakers. So we're certainly going to be diving in there and so much more. And then in the final segment, going to get you guys picks and analysis on every game on the betting board for this college basketball Monday as we hit some bank shots. If you have a question, comment, segment, idea, whatever you for this podcast, you have one of two ways we will fire those in. First one is my Twitter slash X timeline at GNN underscore D1. Keep in mind, letters ZM, they mean does not matter. So as per usual, please do send these into the timeline and the other ways via an Apple podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. From there, you're able to fire in whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast via that five-star review. Really did not get in any Twitter slash X questions today, but we had a fun day of basketball on Sunday. Let's take a look back at it. Try to find some trends and try to get to know these teams a little bit better. A game through yesterday is Greg buzzing about. Here is the rowdy recap. We are discovering more and more that hitting the road in college basketball is a difficult thing to do, and our good friends Auburn, they learn the hard way. They lose to Appalachian State by a count of 69-64 to in this one for Auburn. Just a ghastly shooting performance. 3 of 27 from 3. They looked very much improved with their 3-point shooting, but the starting 5 for Auburn, between the 5 of them, they go a combined 0 of 13 from 3-point range. G and I Broom still had 21 points, 13 rebounds, but that's very hard to overcome, and Appalachian State as well was very efficient. They only turned the ball over 7 times in this contest. They go 8 of 17 from 
from three-point range. And even though they lost the rebound battle by kind of 48-32, to 32, you win the turnover battle. And you hold the team to shooting three of 27 from three-point range. That should be able to get it done there. And it's been really just a rough weekend for the SEC in general. As Southern, as a underdog of about 25 and a half or so points, depending upon your closing number, they win by kind of 60-59. to 59. Now, Mississippi State, at no point in this game, looked like they were going to cover this one. But for Mississippi State, they were up by double figures with about four and a half or so minutes remaining. But it was just the Tehran Joseph show, Mr. Joseph for Southern. He puts in their 27 points, six rebounds. He was the best player out there on the floor. And for Mississippi State, they were dead last in the country in three-point shooting percentage last season. They're a scourge better this year, but not a lot better. 726 from three. I will also say, keep in mind that for Mississippi State, they're still missing Tolu Smith. And though they win the rebound battle 34-32, to you expected much more going up against this other team with not a lot of size and not a single guy that entered in this game, averaging more than four and a half rebounds per game. Josh Harper put in their 14 points for Mississippi State, but Mississippi State was turned over 17 times in this game. Sloppy performance out of them, and the lone SEC team I was able to get it done on Sunday was Missouri. They win, they cover against Wichita State by count of 82 to 72 as for Missouri. They go 11 of 33 from three-point range, but what I did like from them was that they played Connor Vanover a little bit more in this game. 11 points in 17 minutes off the bench. He should be seeing more minutes, in my opinion, as I mean, between Noah Carter, who he had nine points, and Mr. Aiden Shaw, who had as many points as my that wasn't necessarily too amazing, but you did have Sean East just continue to take over the game for Missouri. 22 points, 9 assists, or 2 turnovers, and for Wichita State, shot just 8 of 28 from 3-point range, and this is the old Missouri team that we saw from a season ago. They were able to force 18 turnovers for Harnell Beverly. How about this stat line? He very nearly went off for a triple-double in a bad way. 12 points, 17 rebounds, but also 7 turnovers, so 3 turnovers shy of a triple-double, so a lot of uniqueness over there. We saw Creighton go on the road, and they were one of the teams that was able to get the job done as a road favorite. 89-60. to 60. I felt like we were going to learn a lot about Nebraska, and they clearly were not ready for this step-up game. Creighton, 14 out of 40 from three-point range. For Baylor Shireman, he was able to log a double-double, 24 points, 10 rebounds. Ryan Kalkbrenner, 13 points, 12 rebounds, 3 blocks. For Nebraska, 2 of 22 from 3. You've got to expect that to be a little bit better moving forward. Kessie Shobanaga was able to give you 20 points. I always get that name wrong, so I do apologize, but that's it. For Nebraska, even though they win the turnover battle by kind of 12 to 8, they got pummeled on glass, 48 to 37. This is a Creighton team that entered in this game in the bottom 100 in terms of total possessions per game, but they're just so gosh darn efficient. It's a big reason why it allows them to be able to put up these big numbers and to be able to get the job done time and time again. We saw one of the most pitiful offenses on all of college basketball once again be pitiful. As compensate, they lose to Navy by kind of 75 to 52. It's a compensate team that has now broken the 62 point plateau once as far as the season. They had that 89 point burner performance against UMBC a few nights ago, but they are back to basics and well, they are basically awful at this point. You also saw Colorado completely pick a bar Pepperdine 91 to 66 the final for Pepperdine they actually shoot 7 of 19 from three-point range I still have no idea where Javon Porter is so there's that but for Colorado how about getting a little bit of help for Tristan De Silva with Cody Williams a freshman chipping in there 21 points as De Silva he uh, contributes 22 points for Colorado just a lot of efficiency here 7 of 13 from three-point range they do turn the ball over 13 times but win the rebound battle 41 to 29 it's a Colorado team that I'm feeling relatively bullish about some 
did like what I saw there. Did not like what I saw here. I thought we were going to get a nice over between Eastern Kentucky and Western Kentucky. You saw 79 points scored in the first half. Total is 157.5, and then the game dies into oblivion. But Western Kentucky, they do get it done. They get the win and cover 79-69 to 69 as big reason why you got the under. 6 of 24 from three-point range for Eastern Kentucky while losing that turnover battle 18-12. to 12. So we shall see what we get out of them moving forward. And saw a little bit of ACC conference play as well. Louisville might not be as pitiful as perhaps we expected in those games in New York. They looked a little bit better, and they hold in there against Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech gets a win, but no cover. 75-68 the final as for Virginia Tech. A little bit of a rough shooting night for them. 5-20 from three-point range, but they were able to have MJ Collins coming off the bench for 20 points, and bigger reason why Louisville held in this game. They go 16-18 of 18 at the free throw line with Brandon Huntley Hatfield being able to contribute 14 points, 9 boards for Louisville. They actually win the rebound by 33 to 32, and Humley Hetfield, even though he's not a primary scorer for this team, really has been the main bright spot for them. So, a relatively good effort there. You also saw a pretty solid effort out of Arizona State taking down San Francisco, 72 to 61 for San Francisco, 5 of 30 from three-point range, and for Arizona State, you figured the offense was going to be able to step up a little bit more. Frankie Collins, Jose Perez, they were able to combine for 33 points. They did have seven turnovers, but also 13 rebounds as well. So that was really a standout to. Man, how about Chicago State completely taking apart Stetson by kind of 77 to 54? Always love to see that. And then you also did see Clemson be able to take down Pittsburgh on the road 79 to 70. Pittsburgh is currently 5 and 3 with five wins against lesser competition. And in their step up games against Florida, Missouri, and Clemson, they have come up snake eyes as. For Pittsburgh, they go 8 of 23 from 3 with Blake Henson doing a nice job with 27 points. He goes 6 of 10 from the outside as the team goes 3 of 13 from 3. And for Pittsburgh, 12 of 22 at the free throw line turned out to be very costly as for Clemson, they win the rebound battle 40 to 33. And Clemson is now 7 and 0. And I think that they should be a top 25 team, especially with the way that P.J. Hall is contributing. 22 points, 11 boards, nice double-double there, goes 3 of 6 from 3. And how about Joe Girard? 6 of 9 from 3. Very nice out of him. And what else has been very nice recently is this run of home underdogs. If you're taking a look at college basketball right now, overall for the season, home underdogs running at about 50 and a half or so percent, 147, 145 and 6 against the spread. But if you look at the last seven days in college basketball, 37 and 26 against the spread. That's a 58.7 percent hit rate. And over the last seven days in college basketball, the unders are starting to come through. 148 unders, so 143 overs. Meanwhile, if you take a look at the entirety of the season, overs still hitting at a clip of about 51.6%. 660 overs, 620 unders, and about 10 or so pushes along the way with favorites overall this season. Hitting at 50.6% against the spread. 643, 629, and 16. So that's what we're seeing in college basketball right now, and that's what we all got on Sunday. Now, let's talk with our good friend Rob Donaldson about this nice Big Ten matchup. Let's talk to him about what he's been noticing with these home underdogs and so much more right here on Cuscosics with myself, Craig Eats Peterson, now a part of at Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. 
If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up as well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James! LeBron James! And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Sports betting innovative analytics has taken the guesswork and emotion out of sports betting to bring you an innovative and trustworthy resource to enhance your journey to becoming a winning player. With industry-leading money-back guarantee options backed by their sophisticated modeling, they want to introduce you to a system that's not widely seen or available to help you beat the bookmaker. Specializing in NBA, college basketball, and WNBA, your first week is always free. Get started at SBIA1.com today. Las Vegas for Kiska Soups with myself, Greg Hoops Peterson, now part of the Beeson Family Podcast. And it's always great to be joined by this man, Rob Donaldson. He does great work with his show slash podcast, Rob's Best Bets Show. You go to youtube.com slash Rob Donaldson. You're able to catch up pretty much five times a week. He does a great job on so many fronts college football, college basketball, the NFL when it's in season baseball. I mean, I, if there was bowling on the board, I'm sure that he would do an amazing job with that as well. And you're able to follow Rob over on his Twitter slash X feed at Rob DFB all together. And Rob, it's always a pleasure, my friend. Thank you. Yeah, love hopping on and talk ball with you, Greg. And obviously this weekend was kind of focused on the football side of things, but we've had some really great college basketball games as well. And I was multi-streaming it. I had it up on my phone. It was just a great time. And this is a great little crossover time of the year that's going to feed into a long college basketball season. Yep, it is absolutely insane. And what else is insane is what we're seeing in college basketball right now with all these home underdogs coming through. Over the last seven days as we record, home underdogs hitting at a clip of north of 58%. And I'm not sure how you take that information, but I'm just really not too surprised by it. The home underdogs were off to a little bit of a rough patch up until teams returned from their Thanksgiving tournaments, what have you. And I think that this is a little bit more of a sign of things to come with so many teams with a little bit of a lack of chemistry having a tough time hitting the road. Yeah, and what's going to be really interesting when you look at a conference like the Big 12, for example, with so many new additions there, I mean, you're going to have Big 12 teams who are presumably, you know, really great, whether it's Baylor, Houston, you can even throw Kansas and Texas into that mix. And they're going to be going on the road into environments that they've never experienced in, in years, let alone just the players on the, on these current rosters. And it's going to yield some interesting results and a lot of variance. And we kind of saw it in the ACC this past weekend with Georgia Tech is a big one that I was on the side of going up against Duke. And I think what kind of feeds into that sort of thing as well is a lot of these ranked teams that we see right now. I would say about 10, 12, maybe 13 of them are going to fall a lot lower than where they're currently being listed at. I think we're starting to see, you know, those overreactions to early season great performances really turn their heads and, you know, yield some positive results for betting on the underdogs. Absolutely. We saw it on Sunday with Appalachian State being able to go on the road and get the job done. They, they were one of many home underdogs that were able to do so, but one home underdog that did not come through and it's over towards your neck of the woods, that'd be Nebraska. And what did you make out of that game between Creighton and Nebraska? Because I feel like every team in college basketball this year has laid a little bit of a clunker. Creighton certainly had that about a week and a half or so ago against Colorado State. But I mean, I'm a little bit off put by Nebraska. You need to do better than losing by north of 25 points on your home floor. But I mean, I just walked away so impressed by this Creighton team that they don't need to play fast to put up 85 plus just because they're that efficient. Yep. And you know, what's really interesting about this matchup. And this is why we got a great game of it last year when Nebraska beat Creighton at Creighton is, you know, it's an in-state rivalry. A lot of these players grew up playing AAU ball or travel ball going up against the same type of teams or same type of players. These are two really great coaches who know that these types of games matter, not only for just the, the, the trajectory of your season, but for recruiting and just the overall 
you know, chemistry and morale of your players going into conference play. But I look at that game and I say is Nebraska is still a team that really struggles to defend and they don't really necessarily want to defend because they want to turn over their offense and just get out to run in. Well, when you go up against a team like Creighton, who can be super efficient, and, you know, similar to a team like, let's just say Iowa, for example, who they're going to be playing coming up here in a few weeks. It's just going to be one of those games that feels like whoever can make the most jumpers early is going to, you know, mount an unsurmountable lead. And that's what happened in this game. Yep, it certainly did happen. And my goodness, this Creighton team just so locked and loaded. I absolutely love what I'm seeing out of them. And I always love getting this man on the road, on the show. Rob Donaldson does a tremendous work with the show slash podcast, Rob's Best Bet Show. And he's joining me right here on Coast to Coast Hoops. And Rob, in terms of the challenges that we have been seeing, we saw some very rambunctious games in the uh, Big 12 versus Big East showdown. And we're going to be getting a few more as that Villanova versus Kansas State game. I know that that's going to be coming up on Tuesday. But did this tell you anything about the conferences that we do have? Because I just feel like the last week or so has been a really rough one for the SEC, not in terms of not just in terms of the SEC versus ACC challenge, but additionally the games after that for Mississippi State and Kansas and Kentucky not going their way as 15 plus point favorites, not being able to get the job done. Yeah, and I think that kind of is telling in a, in a few different areas. So one, you know, these teams, although they're going to be really good, maybe later on the season. They are still figuring it out. And then vice versa, you have a lot of teams that, in lack of a better word, you know, are still just overseeded. And you kind of saw it with Villanova, I think, is one of the telling examples of a clear overreaction. They have their early season tournament. They do pretty well in the early season tournament. And then they lose at home to St. Joe's. Not only lose at home to St. Joe's, but get run off the floor. Then they lose to Drexel in a pretty convincing manner, too. And they lost to Penn. What do all those teams have in common? All of those teams are centered around Philadelphia and in the state of Pennsylvania. That's what's kind of fun about these non-con games where a lot of teams are still honoring those rivalries of in-state rivalries. You know, there's a lot of different variants. There's a lot of different emotions going on in those games. It's just best to not overreact to these small samples. But at the same time, a lot of these results can be telling. And for example, like a game like UConn in Kansas, I think those are two great teams that were just trading blows the entire time, but it's definitely interesting to monitor. And once it gets into conference play, it's just a whole different story. Yeah, it certainly is a different story. And I do think that it is big that now we're outside of these tournament games as well, because I do feel like when it comes to these games that are played in neutral courts and back-to-backs, things get a little bit more unpredictable. And what I noticed with a lot of these SEC teams is that they have been having their struggles on the road. And heck, I mean, these are been some of the home teams that have not been coming through. Alabama losing on their home floor to Clemson. Kentucky, Mississippi State, they lose on their home floor. And then Auburn hits the road. They've been unable to get the job done as well. I think it is a little bit telling about an SEC that you could tell that a lot of these teams, they knew in the back of their minds, we're going to need a little bit more shooting to be able to elevate ourselves in the NCAA tournament. But with all the roster turnover and, in my opinion, a little bit of a change in philosophy for a lot of these coaches, it has taken a little bit off their fastball this year. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, when you kind of look at the SEC in particular, and you look at the two teams who have the best, you know, win-loss records, or at least the most aesthetic-looking win-loss records, it's Ole Miss and South Carolina. I mean, <laughs> I don't think a lot of people were pegging those teams as a one and two, and I don't think as the season goes on here that they will remain in those spots. But I think it's pretty telling when you have a team like Kentucky losing to UNCW and struggling with St. Joe's. And then you have a team like Arkansas who, yes, they've been a slow starter in the past, but now it really feels like they're struggling to get off the ground even more so. Alabama, you know, this was a team that was the flagship or 
the spearheading school of the entire college basketball world last season, and they have just looked underwhelming. So this SEC that we thought potentially could be just loaded and fill the, the field up with 10, 11, 12 teams is now looking a little bit more suspect. And that's just something that we have to monitor as the season goes on here. Oh, I think we do have to monitor it because we are seeing some suspectness. I think that that's a proper way of putting it with a lot of these teams. As joining me on the show, we do have Rob Donaldson. He does a tremendous job with the show slash podcast, Rob's Best Bet Show. And he's joining me right here on Coast to Coast Hoops. And Rob, we don't necessarily have a ton of games that are going down for Monday, but we do have one big one involving a pair of teams out there in the Big Ten. We'll get your thoughts here and then. We'll go a little bit more into the Big Ten after, but it's Iowa on the road facing off against Purdue with Purdue about a 13 to a 13 half point favorite. And I don't know if I just have to rewire my brain or what, but just seeing a game, even though it involves Iowa with Purdue having a total between 165 and 165 and a half, to me just feels wrong. I'm not sure how you take a look at this game, but with Iowa just never being the same offense away from home as they are at home. I just look at the under in this spot. I'm 100% with you. I definitely think the under of 165 is pretty egregious, and it's trying to push the idea that this is going to be a game that's played in the 80s with the winner you know, scoring either upper 80s or lower 90s. Listen, Iowa has struggled on the road for the past few years in terms of their jump shooting abilities and, and efficiencies, but also, in particular, against Purdue inside Mackey, Iowa has had a lot of trouble in the Fran, Fran McCaffrey era. And I really do think this is a game where Iowa potentially can score in the mid-60s and cap out there. That's why I really do love laying the points here with Purdue, because we haven't really seen Iowa have a a big presence down low, really establish themselves in the early going. They have a freshman named Owen Freeman, who is having a really good couple games in a row here, but against inferior competition. So it is kind of a matter of, do we buy into the hype or... Is this just a flash in the pan? I really do think that on the road in the first Iowa true road test that they're going to experience, this is going to be a bad look for the Hawkeyes. And I think this is probably a 20 point winner for Purdue. Absolutely. And I will give Iowa a little bit of credit here. I know that they did take that road game against Creighton as well. So they have had one or two road tests as well. But certainly this team just has never been the same when they're away from Carver Hawkeye Arena as they are at home in terms of being able to bomb it from three-point range. And I mean, how do you take a look at the Big Ten as a whole as of right now? Because we did see Purdue lose that game over the weekend against Northwestern, which was, I mean, by the way, a very, very thrilling and fun game to see just from a fan perspective. But I take a look at this Big Ten, and even with the loss that Purdue suffered, I feel like they're still head and shoulders above everyone else. But I really do want to, want to see what Illinois is able to do against Florida Atlantic on Tuesday because they're just growing on me as perhaps that number two team in the conference. Yeah, it's certainly interesting, especially when you look at the Big Ten and what you thought, what your thoughts might have been coming into the season. And just kind of take a screenshot of the, the standings right now and seeing Purdue at the bottom is kind of funny. But obviously, that's not going to last. I still think that they're the best team in this conference. And home court advantage in this conference every single season just blows people's minds because it's insane. I mean, you'll see teams like Penn State knocking off Ohio State when their Ohio State's rolling really well or vice versa. And you know, Minnesota is going to pick off some teams in this conference as well, whether it might be, you know, Michigan State or Illinois or oh, whoever else is potentially ranked going into the barn there. And that's how it is every single year. There's going to be a huge clump in the middle where you might be the seed, the three seed on the, in the Big Ten tournament line, or you could fall all the way down to 10. And there'll probably only be a difference of one game in between them all. But Michigan is a team that's pretty battle tested and has that looked pretty decent in the early goings, at least better than what I thought they would. So, That's a team they want to look out for, but I think Ohio State 
is one of those teams that could really switch up the top three if you are looking for a sleeper there. And Michigan State has had their issues. They have a young core. They'll probably get better, but this is definitely up for grabs this season. Yeah, but I certainly do think that it is up for grabs. And Rob, we do have a relatively thin slate for Monday, only six games in total. And in my opinion, we hit the biggest of them all. Is there anything else that you might be taking a look at for Monday, though, in terms of the other five games that we do have on the board? I definitely look at that San Jose State North Dakota State game. And North Dakota State is a team that I've absolutely loved over the years. I think they're just well coached. I think they are, you know, homegrown or program grown players that really do develop as the season goes on. And they've had a slow start and they've actually lost to San Jose State at San Jose State in convincing fashion. They lost about, no, I think it was 13 or 15 points. Well, now it's kind of a weird spot where it's a pick 'em, and everybody's going to look back on this schedule and say, wait, San Jose State already won this game by double digits, and now it's a pick 'em. I'm going to take them again. Well, I, I think North Coast State at home is a much better squad, and this is a bet that I feel very confident in. It's actually one of my biggest of the season so far. Yeah, Ben, it is going to be interesting to see on that total as well, because the first time around San Jose State, they did shoot 11 of 24 from three. These are a pair of teams in the bottom 100 in terms of total possessions per game. So I take a look at that total of 137 to 138. And I do think that we're going to see a little bit of a lower scoring slog and likely a little bit less efficiency from three-point range with this San Jose State team as well. But a man that is oh so efficient, a man that does a tremendous job. Take a look at this fine game of basketball. That'd be you, Rob. You do absolutely amazing work over on your YouTube feed and so much more. So let the good people at home know what's on tap for you and how people can follow along on social media and other platforms. Yeah, Greg, and I always appreciate you having me on. It's always a great time to talk ball, and college basketball is about to explode here with everybody sort of venturing away from college football a little bit more or just having their favorite team season end. So we're in for a wild stretch here and a lot of fun games, especially with conference play starting up. But if you want to follow me, you can do so on X or formerly Twitter at RobDFB. And you can also follow my YouTube, which is just my name, Rob Donaldson. And as always, Greg, really appreciate you having me on, man. And we always love having Rob aboard. He lends amazing insights every single time he comes on this show. And it's a relatively small slate for Monday, but I know that Rob is going to dominate it as he always does. So big thanks, Rob, for joining me on Coast Coast Superstar, part of the Visa Family Podcast. And coming up next, alluded to it. It's a little bit of a smaller slate. We've only got six games on the card, but we're getting you guys picks and analysis on all six of them next as we hit some bank shots. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. And recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry. Back to Iguodala. Up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry. Back to Iguodala. Up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. 
Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray, rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back here in Las Vegas for Custica Soups with myself, Greg Hoops Peterson, now part of the Visa Family of Podcasts. It's always great to get Rob Donaldson aboard. He does absolutely amazing work taking a look at this game that we all know and love of college basketball. Additionally, he does so much work handicapping so many different sports, whether that be baseball, college football, the NFL, you name it. He does it every single time he joins this podcast. He lends absolutely amazing insight. So big thanks to Rob for joining me in the last segment. Now it is that time of the podcast. Though the card is small, it is quite mighty that I give you picks and analysis on every game on the betting board for this College Basketball Monday as we hit some bank shots. Most financial establishments close at a certain time, but not here. It is time for a side and total on every game on today's betting board bank shots. Do note that as per usual, any changes are made to these plays will be listed up on my Twitter slash X feed at unit underscore 81. This is pretty much time order aside from the first game of the day, Maryland Eastern Shore versus East Carolina. That is going to be at the bottom because the games that involve smaller conferences, in this case, the MIAC is one of them. Those always do get put at the bottom, which is why even though it's the earliest game of the day, it is at the bottom, which I think is very, very unique to say the least. But that said, we have what we've got and we do have ourselves an amazing day of college basketball. And it does lead off with my DK Network write-up pick as this is 861-862 on the betting board. It is Purdue and they're going to be playing those to old Iowa. I was an underdog of pretty much 13 and a half points across the board and Total on this game, you're going to be finding it anywhere between a 165 to as high as a 166F. This opened up at 166F. As I do this podcast, it's starting to drop a little bit, and I see a nice differential here on the under, and I'm going to be writing up the under. I just take a look at the way that Iowa operates when they're away from home with their offense, and it gives me great trepidation with it because for Iowa, they've broken 75-plus points in every single one of their home games since the beginning of the 2022-23 season. Now, 
not so much a case when they are on the road. We saw last season on the road, their points per 100 possessions dropped by about 21.1 points as compared to at home. And this year, in road-slash-neutral court games, this team is averaging about 19.5 points fewer than they do at home. That's a big, giant issue. And the biggest reason why is because their three-point shooting percentage falls completely off the table. And this is consistent over the last few seasons. Last season, they were 351st in all of college basketball, shooting 28.1% from three-point range, one away from home, 38.6% from three-point range at home. This year, they're shooting 39.2% from three-point range at Carter for Hoffenkai Arena, 30.4% in games away from home. And you've got a Purdue team that, if you look at the raw points per game, they are giving up more. And this has been a team that has played a little bit up-tempo. Those numbers are a little bit warped, though, by the fact that their last game went to overtime against Northwestern because, well, when you play 45 minutes instead of 40 minutes, you're going to have more possessions in a 45-minute game rather than a 40-minute game. That's why Purdue's right now 75th in the country in terms of total possessions per game. Prior to that game, they were 118. So I buy in a little bit more on that 118th number. So much higher than the 341st than they were a season ago. But this defense is actually allowing 5.3 points fewer per 100 possessions than they did a season ago. You've got Giant of the Earth, Zach Eady, who is going to be able to win that battle down low. This man has been able to put up darn near a double-double every single game once again this year. 23.5 points, 11 boards, a few blocks. Braden Smith has certainly been able to elevate this offense as well. He has taken that freshman to sophomore leap for Purdue with 13 points, 6 boards, 7 assists, shooting 45.5% from 3-point range. I do think that the Purdue 3-point shooting is going to drop off a little bit, by the way. They're shooting darn near 41% from the outside. Last year, they were a bottom 75 team in all of college basketball on three-point shooting percentage at 32.6%. I think that they're much better than that because you've got Fletcher Lawyer who now shoots 37% from three. He took a sophomore stride as well. And then you've got Lance Jones in the fold from Southern Illinois. He's been able to shoot 34% from three. But I mean, Lance Jones has never been really a guy to bomb it from three. Miles Colvin is shooting 52% from the outside. We should see a drop off there. But I just always fear this Iowa team on the road because, as I was alluding to, they're not the same team on offense. I do like the fact that you do have Peyton Sanford and Ben Cricky playing pretty much alongside each other. These two guys have been able to combine for about 33 points, four assists per contest, and Cricky should see a little bit of a drop-off from his 50% three-point shooting. Iowa, a very efficient team with turning it over just nine times per game, but when you take a look at the opponents that Iowa has played, they really haven't played a single opponent that gets up into you, that forces a lot of turnovers, and not that Purdue is like the turnover master or anything like that, but I do think that there's going to be a little bit more sloppiness there. I think that Purdue is going to be able to pound Iowa on the glass, and I think that Iowa's road woes, they do continue. I think that Purdue bounces back here. I set them as a 14.5 point favorite, so I'm going to be willing to lay 13 to 13.5, but my write-up semi-total 152.5. I think that Iowa's going to have struggles putting the ball in the basket against a Purdue team that's even more efficient on defense than they were a season ago. My DK Network write-up pick is on the under, and I'm willing to lay it with Purdue. 863, 864 on the betting board. Four minutes of road face-off against Arkansas. Arkansas is a favorite of 12 points with a total of 158.5 to 159. Going to be willing to lay this number as well. I did it's at Arkansas as a 14-point favorite. This Furman team is pretty ghastly on defense. Now, with Furman, you still have some great scorers on this team, but in terms of points a lot on a per-possession basis, it's a bottom 75 team in all of college basketball. You can tell that they're missing someone like a Jalen Slauson who was able to go off for a triple-double on any given night. You do have some versatility with Marcus Foster, 19 or so points, 5.5 rebounds.
rebounds. Last year, though, shot 36% from three. You can tell that he's being asked to do more this year. That's why three-point shooting percentage has dipped to about 28.5%. And it is a Furman team that, without as much main facilitation as they had a season ago, they're now logging about 14.5 turnovers per game. You do return J.P. Peaks from a season ago, 15.5 points, five boards, five assists. Love what he's able to bring to the table. But against an Arkansas team that just has so many good athletes, like a Trayvon Brazil, six foot ten. He's able to give you eight boards. He's able to give you a double-figure amount of points. Currently shooting 44% from three. I think that that'll slide a little bit. That That's going to cause some issues. Now, you did see Traymond Mark miss last game due to an injury against Duke, and I would expect him to either be out for this game, or if he does play, he's probably going to be rather limited. It sounds like it's a back issue, and you don't want to mess with back issues, but... His team still has way more than enough around him, even with Draymond Mark being out of the fold. As you've got Kaylee Battles able to give you 16 points per game. Devo Davis is not a primary scorer, but he gets other guys involved. And I really liked what I saw in that game against Duke out of Layden Blocker. Blocker saw more minutes because you had Mark out of the fold. And quite frankly, over the last three games, he has seen more minutes. A combined 29 points in those last three games, five steals. Does turn the ball over a little bit, but I do like what I'm seeing out of this young freshman as well. And for Furman, with them not really having a lockdown low, they've only got one guy giving you north of five rebounds per game, and that would be Foster. They really do lack a lot of size, and Carter Witt, the transfer from Wake Forest, still having a little bit of an issue getting down the offense. I do think that Arkansas going to be able to get it done in a very high Hawk Day and up-tempo game. Both of these teams in the top 75 in terms of total possessions per game. Arkansas leaves a little bit of something to be desired on the defensive side of things as well. They have given up at least 74 points at each of their last five games. So I saw my total at 168. I really think that you're going to have a run it and gun it sort of game. You saw Furman held to 69 points against Princeton. That's just because Princeton is that amazing on defense. So going to be looking at the over and I'm going to be one to lay with Arkansas. 865, 866 on the betting board. It is Arkansas State on the road facing off against Alabama. Alabama's between a 22.5 to a 23-point favorite. Totals between 164.5 and 165.5. Did set my total at a 164.5. If you got an Arkansas State team that they're certainly playing up-tempo, but they're now more around about 75th in the country in terms of total possessions per game. We've noticed this team slowing down just a little bit after early on during the season. Things were getting way out of sorts with this team, and I feel like they were sitting there thinking, yeah, maybe we've gotten a little bit out of control because... We have seen it with this bunch. Each out of their last five games have now gone under the total for Arkansas State. They had super high totals after they gave up that 100 spot to Wisconsin. And when you give up a 100 spot to Wisconsin, you deserve to have that number going northward. But you do have a Arkansas State team that also is very sloppy with the ball, which does prevent overs. They've been turning it over right around 15 times per game as they've got a new look backcourt. Freddie Hicks, Taron Todd, along DeAndre Dominguez, all averaging approximately 13 points per game between the three of them. These three guys have been logging in that neighborhood of about seven and a half or so assists per game. Would like to see a little bit more out of Avery Feltz. He's stuck with the program despite the coaching change. Has yet to really be rewarded. Six points per contest for him thus far this season after two years ago. Shot 40% from three last year. About nine points per contest on 39%. Three-point shooting. Arkansas State can have a tough time down low with DeAndre Dominguez at six foot nine, really being the only guy that's able to give you north of five and a half rebounds per game. Meanwhile, you do have an Alabama team that they've lost a lot of their size 
guys from seasons ago, but Grant Nelson, he's got good versatility. Comes in from North Dakota State. Six foot eleven. He's able to handle the ball. He's able to give you seven boards. He's able to give you two blocks. Pop threes has not popped them very well this year, but I do think that there's going to be a little bit of a drop with this Alabama three point shooting. They on volume are shooting forty and a half percent from three point range, and currently they are number one in all of college basketball in terms of points scored on a per possession basis. This is a very lethal and a very good offensive team. I feel like they've had a little bit of an outlier to the positive in terms of their scoring end. They're going up against an Arkansas State defense that it's by no stretch of the imagination mighty, but they're holding opponents to shoot about 32.1% from three-point range. You have Latrell Wrightsell has been a nice ancillary piece for this team, and it does sound like they're going to be dealing with a little bit of an injury to Nick Pringle as well, so that does hurt a little bit of the depth of Alabama, but when you do have Aaron Action, Estrada, Mark Sears, these guys have been incredible. They've been able to log about 37.5 points, 7 assists, per game, and both of them are combined to shoot about 48% from three-point range. I'm sorry, but there is going to be a little bit of a drop-off there, and Sands Nelson, you really don't have anyone else for Alabama that is giving you north of seven rebounds per game. I think Alabama gets the job done. I think that they're going to be able to play in a very high-octane game, but I think we went a little bit too far with them, and I do think that we're going to see a tad bit of regression with the offense, which is why I did some total 164.5, diving in on the under, I made Alabama a 20.5 point favorite, so getting 22.5 to 23, take the points with Arkansas State and the under. 867-868 on the bang board. North Dakota State plays us to San Jose State. San Jose State is between a pick'em to a one-point favorite, and your total is between 137 and 138. I think that this is a good spot here for San Jose State. I'm going to be willing to lay up to three points with them, and part of the reason why I'm willing to lay the number here is because I just don't trust North Dakota State when it comes to non-conference play. I know that their coach has said a few times, Dave Richmond, that he utilizes the non-conference play as experimentation because he knows that when it comes to these non-conference games, they just don't mean as much because he's in a one-bid league in the summit league, so he will utilize different rotations, and if they lose a game here, they're honestly okay with it. Meanwhile, you've got a San Jose State team that they have done a nice job just finding who they are defensively without Robert Fiel their main big man coming back from last season who's now pretty much out for the season due to an injury now. It's a very, very top-heavy team. You've got four guys that average between 12.3 and 14 points per game. Tibet Gronair, along with Myron Amy Jr., Alvarado Cardenas, and Trey Anderson. And you've got everyone except for Cardenas giving you at least four rebounds per game as Cardenas has been the main facilitator with about five assists per game. And for San Jose State, we'd like to see them be a little bit lower with the 12.5 turnovers per game. On the surface, that doesn't sound so bad, but this is a San Jose State team that you're in and you're out. They are one of the slower teams in all of college basketball. They do find themselves back in the bottom 100 with regards to total possessions per game once again this year, and they are playing against the North Dakota State team that they themselves have really grinded things down with regards to their tempo as well. They are outside the top 275 in terms of total possessions per game as well, and though North Dakota State has a little bit more depth, they are a team that can be a little bit top-heavy themselves. They're headlined by a pair of guys in the backcourt in Damari Wheeler-Thomas, along with Bowden Skenberg. They've been able to combine for 29.5 points per contest. Combine and shoot about 40% from three, and for North Dakota State's credit, they do a nice job not turning the ball over about 10 and a half turnovers per game. They just need a little bit more down low. Andrew Morgan is someone who's six foot ten, but has only been able to haul in there right around four boards per contest. And this is what I'm getting at in terms of the way that North Dakota State just has wholesale line changes. They've got 10 different guys that are logging at least 11 and a half minutes per game. And it just feels like they're trying out different guys, seeing what works, what doesn't work. And they have yet to really be able to find that floor general. Wheeler Thomas looks like he's starting to become a little bit more of that with about three and a half assists per game. But 
It's a North Dakota State team that they just feel a little bit aimless right now against the San Jose State team that turns the points a lot on a per possession basis. They've been rock solid. A top 55 team with this regard. They did have their numbers thrown out of whack with that game, which they gave up 81 points to Cal Poly. But keep in mind, that is a game that went to overtime and they gave up 12 of those points in overtime. So if you're looking at a little bit more of a true number, they have given up 69 points or fewer in far of their last five games. And additionally, this is a rematch of a game in which San Jose State won earlier in November. I believe that it was actually like a week or two ago by kind of 78 to 65, a game where North Dakota State just could not get a lot going from three-point range. And even though they were able to do an okay job playing pretty much even up on the glass, San Jose State was able to have a double-double 14 points with Mayer and Amy being able to chip in their 10 boards as well. So this is a spot where I do think that San Jose State wins for a second time in a row. I did set them as a three-point favorite. I'm going to be willing to think them as a pickup slash a slight favorite. And did set my total of 133. I do think that the shooting going to be a little bit less efficient in this one. San Jose State the first time around went 11 of 24 from three, and it was a very low possession game. If you get a few more breaks, that is going to cause for an under, which I expect, and I'm going to be willing to take San Jose State here. 869-870. It's the last game before we hit our lone extra game. Cal Poly on the road facing off against Oregon State. Oregon State is a 13 to a 13 and a half point favorite with your total between 134 and a half and 135 and with Oregon State. Set them as a 12 and a half point favorite. I'm going to be willing to take the points. I just can't trust in this Oregon State team. I really can't. They've been playing out a little bit more of a middle tempo, but this is very much warped by the fact that they play that double overtime game against Troy that really jacks up their amount of possessions per game. They played an overtime game against Appalachian State as well. So if you look on the surface, it's like, oh, Oregon State has gotten to 70 points and all but two of their games. Well, two of those games were because they went to overtime. Meanwhile, for Cal Poly, they themselves have been able to reach that 70-point plateau in each of their last two games. So once again, one of their games went to overtime, a game I alluded to a second ago against San Jose State. Now for Cal Poly, they don't have a ton down low. Joel Armatrading is the only guy that gives you north of four rebounds per game with about six points, five and a half boards. But it is a team that has been a little bit better from the outside. They bring in Jared Heider. He was over at Fresno State and Cal when he was at Fresno State a few seasons ago. He was logging like nine points, three assists. He could be a solid player. And Sanders has turned into that go-to score with about 17 and a half point, shooting 42% from three, much like on the flip side, Jordan Pope is that main go-to guy for Oregon State with about 17 points per contest for Oregon State. They should be able to win the battle down low, but it's not like they're amazing in the post as well. Tyler Bladu has been able to give you 12 points, six half rebounds per game. This is an Oregon State team that year in and year out. They have a negative rebound rate, and for Oregon State, they have a tough time holding on to the ball. About 14 and a half turnovers per game out of them. They just have not gotten what they were hoping for out of Christian Wright as well. Came in from Georgia. It's only been able to give you about five and a half points per game other than Bladu, Pope, and also Dexter O'Connor was able to give you 12 points per game. Nobody else on the roster gives you north of five and a half points per contest. And for Cal Poly, it's not like they've got amazing depth, but you are able to get a little bit of something out of someone like Paul Bazinama, who comes over from Eastern Illinois. Over at Eastern Illinois was a 39% three-point shooter a season ago at six foot nine. So he's got a little bit of versatility. It's a Cal Poly team that does a better job of taking care of the ball at 10 and a half turnovers per game. And while Cal Poly loses a battle on glass, I think that Sanders can go shot for shot with their main scorer in Jordan Pope and be able to hold within this number. Set my line at 12 and a half. It's a nice home court advantage that you have at a Corvallis, but just hard to get the fans awoken when you don't win any games whatsoever. And 
I do think that this is going to be a rough spot for points in general. Both of these offenses have been built up by the fact that their games have went to overtime. So, semi-total at 130.5, diving in on the under and willing to take 13 plus with Cal Poly. Now we get our lone extra game. The normal betting board picks are complete, but there are some extra games today, so we go into the bonus. 306-603, 306-604, East Carolina is going to be playing with some Maryland Eastern Shore, and the Shore finds itself at 16-point underdogs with a total between 146.5 and 147.5, and said East Carolina as a 17-point favorite. I'm actually going to be willing to lay this number with East Carolina. It's been a rough start to the season for them, but part of that was because Brandon Johnson was missing for a few games due to illness. A guy that a season ago logged about 14 points, 8 boards. He's able to pop it from 3-point range, so I like what he brings to the table. And for Maryland Eastern Shore, they have to pretty much replace 5 other top 7 scores from last season, though Troy Hupsteed has been able to give you a nice double-double down low. About 13 points, 10 rebounds per contest, so I do like what he's able to do on that front. You've got Chance Davis, who's been able to log about 11 points per game for a team that shoots about 31.5% from three. This team has done a better job of taking care of the ball with about 11.5 turnovers per game, but the specialty for Maryland Eastern Shore last year was that they were a top-five team in all of college basketball in terms of turnovers forced on a per-possession basis, and that has just really went downward. They go up against an East Carolina team that does a relatively solid job of taking care of the ball, even with having Brandon Johnson out of the fold for a few games, they're only blogging about 11.3 turnovers per game. Biggest reason why, Bobby Bedford, a former top 150 recruit that began his career at Kansas, he has not given the team a ton in terms of scoring, though it's starting to pick up. He's had 10 points per game. He's just been very consistent. Last five games, he has scored 15, 2, 18, 6, and 24 points. So, you get a little bit of an all-or-nothing performance there, but you've been able to have R.J. Felton be that go-to guy with about 17 points, 7 boards, and Ezra Usar. I like his versatility as well. About 14 points, 5.5 boards. Currently shooting 75% for 3. That'll see a fall off. And for East Carolina, they've been rough with their defense. It's a squad that is currently outside of the top 250 in terms of points allowed on a per-possession basis. But once again, a lot of that just gashing that they have taken, that came without Johnson in the fold. And now they've been playing a little bit better on the defensive side of things, holding two other last three opponents to 66 points for fewer. And they get the gift of going up against a Maryland Eastern Shore team that has outscored 62 points or fewer in three out of their last four games and the lone exception is a game that went to overtime and they had scored 67 points in regulation. So I do think that East Carolina going to be able to hold it down on defense. They're a more of a mid-tempo team. So did semi total 145 here out of 146 after 147. Diving in on the under and one delay with East Carolina made them a 17-point favorite and that will wrap things up for the Monday edition of Coast to Coast Hoops. Now part of the Beeson Family Podcast. A big thanks to Rob Donaldson. Does great work with the Rob's Best Bets show over on his YouTube feed. YouTube.com slash Rob Donaldson. Join me in the last segment and if you do like hearing from the sign podcast because because you are able to subscribe wherever your podcast apple podcast google play spotify sit around tune in if you have a question comment segment idea what have you for this podcast you have one of two ways we offer those in first one is by twitter slash x timeline at gnet underscore d1 keep in mind letters yeah maybe it does not matter as per usual please do send these into the timeline and the other way is find an apple podcast review if you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. And then from there, you're able to fire in whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast. Five that five star view, and I'll be coming at you guys every single day throughout the college basketball season. Which means I'm coming at you once again tomorrow. Thank you so much for getting us. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help. 
Call 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.